Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. When God says walk, don't question God. Just begin to walk. Don't try to figure God out. Just begin to walk. Don't try to guess what God is going to do. Just begin to walk. You don't have to know what God is going to do. Just trust Him that He's got it all in His hand and in His timing and His plan. There is a purpose for where He is directing you to go. Bible says that he preached Jesus to him. Jesus is always the answer to every question. It's always going to be Jesus. If your life is a wreck, the answer is Jesus. If you're messed up, the answer is Jesus. If you've got problems in your marriage, the answer is Jesus. If you're addicted to drugs or alcohol, the answer is Jesus. If you need salvation for your soul, the answer is Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Stand with me and grab your Bible. Turn to the book of Acts. To my knowledge, I've never preached from this scripture as the basis for a message, but all I can tell you is that yesterday afternoon, we had been out of town for meetings for a couple of days, and uh, I was very weary. So I told my wife, I said, I'm going to lay down for a few minutes. As I did, I fell asleep, and the Lord woke me up out of a fairly sound sleep, and He gave me this message for today, and I quickly jumped out of bed and just began to jot things down before I I lost them. uh, My wife was asking me a few questions. I said, give me just a few moments. I don't want to lose this. I've got to to write this down, and so I feel that God has given me this message for today. Acts chapter 8, verse 26 says, Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go towards the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. This is desert. (laughs) Uh, Didn't even send him to a great city or a group of people or to a revival or to a new home missions church. He sent him to the desert. Philip, the Bible says, arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority, under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasury, and had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning. He was headed home. And sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet, Then the Spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? He asked Philip to come up and sit with him. Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning at, drop down to verse number 35. I'm going to skip a little bit there. Verse 35, Philip opened his mouth and beginning at this scripture, preached Jesus to him. Now as they went down the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, see, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Then Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. 
And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So he commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. Now when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away, so that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. All I can see from this story that I've just read to you today is a parallel to where I feel like we are at at this moment in time in the history of Landmark Apostolic Church. Never before seen it the way I see it today. With the help of the Lord, I want to try to convey to you what the Lord has laid upon my heart for this service and this group of people today. Lord, we love you and we thank you, God, for your word. We thank you for this day and what it means, God, not just to this church as a body of believers, but God, to this city, our community, God, the community that you've called us to reach. Lord, I pray, God, that whether it be by one or by many, that we're able to reach the lost. God, that you would give us a burden, God, to reach out to those who do not know you. God, that you would help this church to love one another. God, keep us in the bond of unity. God, as we go forward in this process, keep us, God, in the spirit of unity. God, as we reach out for those that do not know you. In Jesus' name we pray. And would you say amen as you're seated today? Praise God. I simply want to preach a message I've entitled, Moved by God. Moved by God. I want us to understand, first and foremost, that we have a purpose in being here. That This church was started a long time ago by people that I've never met, who had a burden for this town, who had a burden for the people, who had a burden for the people that drove up and down our streets, who shopped at our shopping places, who got gas at our gas stations, who came here to visit. They had a burden, and that burden began something inside of them. They started with a purpose, and this church has known some hard times. It's known some places uh, in, in its history where things have not always been so pleasant. As a matter of fact, there were some times in years past where the doors were almost shut, but because of somebody who saw a purpose, they came to this church when it only had just a, a handful of, of faithful saints that were keeping the doors open, and they struggled, and they uh, participated with each other and with God, and because of that, the place was not shut down, and we are here today. But not only do we have a purpose as a congregation, but you have a purpose. You have a purpose for being here. You have a purpose for being here in this service today. For I believe that the Holy Ghost has fitly joined us together for a harvest and has been explicitly preparing us for what we will do in the future as the body of Christ while we still have time yet here on this earth. For we don't have all the time uh, in the world. For the harvest is now ripe. 
and the fields are white and they're ready for the reapers to come in. They're ready for the workers to work. And so I ask the question today, are we willing to work towards the harvest that God has prepared? Are we willing to reach for those that are hungry, for those that need God? I believe that I am amongst some people today that understand the purpose that God has designed for us, that we are here not by happenstance, but we are here by divine design today. I believe that there's a hunger amongst us for the supernatural. I believe that there's a man sitting back on a pew today whose wife is in the hospital right now as we speak. And the doctors have told her that there's nothing else that they can do. They said that the cancer has ridden her body. Well, I can take you to a place in the Bible where there were some people that God had called out of Egypt. And they were standing at a roadblock called the Red Sea. And the enemy was coming up on their behind. Amen. And there was no place forward for them to go when God simply told the man of God, to stretch forward your rod and when he stretched forward that rod immediately something began to shake in there in the midst of that place and the waters parted and where there was no escape now there was an escape amen let me tell you something what we're about to do isn't is going to be a miracle we may not see the way forward but god knows the way that we take i'm hungry for the supernatural I want to lay my hands on Sister Debbie Frischley. Amen. And I want to pray a prayer over her. And I want her to feel the anointing power of God as it courses through her body. And I want to see the supernatural take place. And I can't stand here and believe that I'm the only one that is looking for the power of God to come in like a mighty moving force and change us from what we are to what he wants us to be. You're not here accidentally, but you are a part of God's ordained plan that he has designed and the harvest that he has planned is going to include people that I believe we never included it would include. We never dreamed it would include. I believe that our lost daughters and sons will be called back. I had somebody just recently tell me, don't be surprised when you see this person coming through your door. She's been talking about that church, your church. She's been talking about wanting to come back and get her right with her, her heart right with God I'm telling you God is calling the backsliders and if we understood how many backsliders there were out there we would build this thing so fast that it, the devil's head would turn because I believe that there's a harvest that is going to fill every empty seat the Ethiopian had just come from Jerusalem the Bible says that he had come there to worship Something in this Ethiopian man had caused him to be drawn towards the God of the Hebrews. And in such a way that he would travel from his homeland to worship in Jerusalem. This wasn't a man that just hopped to the next city over. We're talking about a 1,600-mile journey from the closest spot in Ethiopia. If he lived right on the border of Ethiopia, from the very closest spot in Ethiopia all the way up to Jerusalem, was almost a 1,600-mile journey with no Amtrak, 
with no United Airlines, with no bus service. The man hopped in his chariot and he took off because something inside of him was drawing him to the God of the Hebrew people. I believe that there are people that are being drawn, people that are hungry, people that are thirsty for the things of God. And they're just going to the closest, they're just doing the best that they can. He went all the way to Jerusalem expecting something. There were people that were there, but somehow he had not gotten everything that he needed because he was on his way back home. He had come and he had worshipped. He's on his way back home when he takes a break from his travels and he breaks out the scriptures and he's sitting in the back of his chariot and he's reading from the book of Isaiah and he's not understanding, but what he's reading is a prophecy about the Messiah. He's reading a prophecy about Jesus Christ when all of a sudden here he is in this, in this chariot on his way back home, still feeling like something is missing inside of him. Oh, he's come and done everything that he could do in Jerusalem, but he didn't and receive everything that he needed to receive. And so he's going all home and he's still hungry. He's still in pursuit of God. A hungry soul seeking answers who stopped to pause. When the Bible tells us that Philip, who is in this case not just Philip, but he is the answer. He has the answer that this Ethiopian is seeking for. Philip's still back in Jerusalem. Somehow their paths never crossed. I don't know. Maybe God, maybe God couldn't work it out. Maybe Philip was working someplace else, and, and, and God said, I'll catch up to this guy later. But for whatever reason, an angel begins to whisper in Philip's ear, and he says, I want you to leave Jerusalem and head towards Gaza. And you don't find one time where Philip plays 20 questions with the angel. Well, uh, can I go tomorrow? Do I have to go right now? Or, uh, you know, uh, what's my purpose for going there? What what can I expect? You don't see anywhere where Philip is even questioning what the angel is telling him to do. No, no. Philip has already been around the block by this point. We're already uh, into the book of Acts a little bit. Philip has seen a few things. He's, He's used to the Holy Ghost speaking and talking at this point. And so Philip, when the angel begins to tell him to walk and head towards God, he just takes off walking. He doesn't know what he's about to encounter. He just knows that he's heard from the Lord. And he begins to walk towards Gaza. When God says walk, don't question God. Just begin to walk. Don't try to figure God out. Just begin to walk. Don't try to guess what God is going to do. Just begin to walk. You don't have to know what God is going to do. Just trust him that he's got it all in his hand and in his timing and his plan. There is a purpose for where he is directing you to go. He's walking and he comes across this Ethiopian sitting in his chair. He's reading. This time things change just a little bit. It's not an angel speaking, but the Bible says that the Spirit told Philip, in my words, get down there quick. I don't know, maybe the guy was getting ready to wrap things up. I have no idea. But all of a sudden you see Philip going from walking to running because the Bible says that he ran and overtook the man sitting in his chariot. Yes, he did. 
So now we got a man that just began to walk, but now he's running. He's moving faster. And he catches up with this man, and they begin to have a conversation. He asked the man, do you understand what it is that you're reading? He said, how can I unless somebody explain this to me? And Philip says, I am your man. I've been sent here by God. And the Bible says that he preached Jesus to him. Jesus is always the answer to every question. It's always going to be Jesus. If your life is a wreck, the answer is Jesus. If you're messed up, the answer is Jesus. If you've got problems in your marriage, the answer is Jesus. If you're addicted to drugs or alcohol, the answer is Jesus. If you need salvation for your soul, the answer is Jesus. The cool thing is, is they developed this little connection because the Ethiopian (laughs) He says, hop on in. The next thing you know, Philip went from walking to running. Now he's got a set of wheels. Because they're in the chariot now, cruising down the road. He's spending some time with this Ethiopian Ethiopian man. And they come across this body of water. And obviously, Philip had told the Ethiopian man about baptism because he said, hey, here's a body of water. Why not be baptized right now? He said, well, you got to be ready. You got to tell me that you, you believe in Jesus Christ. You believe in Jesus Christ? He says, I believe in Jesus Christ. He is the son of God. I believe. And so they take him down and they baptize him. Comes up out of the water. At this point, God is satisfied that the job is complete. Philip has done what he was called to do. And God, in so many words, says, All right, come on, boy, I got other places for you to go. And the next thing you find is God whisks Philip away. He, the Spirit, just grabs him and Away he goes. And the Bible says that the Ethiopian man went along his way rejoicing. And I would be rejoicing too if God just sent a man all the way out into the desert to answer a question for me. And I wound up getting baptized and confirmed that it was truly God. God himself sweeps down, picks up the man of God and just whisks him away into the air and takes him off onto his next journey. That would be a pretty good story to tell everybody back in Ethiopia when you got back home. It would be an amazing thing to be able to tell your grandchildren and your children. But what I find so impressive today is the progression that that, that took place during this story. And I, I think it's imperative that we understand that the Spirit never moved Philip until first Philip was willing to walk. Yes. The Spirit didn't move him until he was willing to take the first step. The Lord said, okay, now that you're walking, it's time to pick up the pace a little bit. Then God gives him a set of wheels. And, and when, there was, when that wasn't fast enough, God said, watch this supernatural move right here. I've got you all the way out here for this one man. Now I've got people back. And the next thing you find, Philip is preaching all along the coastline. He's preaching in every city. People are receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost, being baptized. God whisked him away way and moving him forward and progressing him in his ministry but it wasn't until Philip was first willing to take a few steps on his own that God caused the progression to go forward and God moved him with his spirit 
We cannot expect the supernatural move of God if we're not first willing to walk with God. Don't expect the miracles, the signs, and wonders from God if you're not walking with God first. There's a progression. 14 years ago, almost 15 years ago, God spoke to us about this church in Sparta. Sitting out on the front porch on a Sunday morning, the phone rings, I grabbed the phone. It's Brother Billy Adams, he's pastoring this church. And he reveals to me that they are going to move to Oklahoma. He says, that's going to leave this church open. He said, I think you'll fit the bill just nicely. I said, oh, no, I'm happy right where I'm at. (laughs) Brother Adams, you don't understand. I'm, I'm in a great church here. It's a growing, thriving church. We're building a building. Everything is going good here. I love my pastor. He loves me. I love the church folks. Man, it's rocking and rolling. That church is still rocking and rolling. I mean, Apostolic Revival Church in Highland, Illinois lives up to its name. That is a premier church in the Illinois district. It is an amazing group of people there. And so so, uh, God began to just... uh, talk to my heart. As soon as I hung up that phone, uh, God began to speak to me and tell me, hey, you know what? Uh, You didn't really check with me on this. I started having the conversation with my wife. She said, what are you going to do? You going to call him back and tell him you'll come down? I said, no way. No. No. I said, but if he calls back again, We'll go preach. You see, I was in a comfortable place. I was in a known place. Just like Philip was in Jerusalem. Had everything. He was around the people of God. He was around, he was around a good place when God began to tell him, I want you to go. I, I, he didn't tell Philip, I want you to go to the next town over. And I, I want you to preach uh, as an evangelist for this big crusade. He said, no, I want you to go out into the desert. Well, let me tell you something. Sparta looked a lot like the desert to me sitting on the front porch of that house in Highland. There wasn't a whole lot that was appealing here. It was going to be a long way from where I worked. We were going to have to uproot our family. Now, I love the people that were here. Don't get me wrong. That was the saving grace. It wasn't about the building. It wasn't about even the city. But something began to happen. God began to speak. And let me tell you something. I have been living for God long enough to know that when he speaks to me, I need to just start walking. I just need to start moving forward where he tells me to go. I need to start moving in the direction that God says go. And so even though there was a part of my humanity that said, no, 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 my spirit said, if God you open this door we will walk through it and we just began to walk we got down here there was a handful of people we had busted out windows and 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 bricks falling out of the walls and and there wasn't a whole lot that was going on just 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 some great people not a whole lot of people I think there were 16 people that voted us in on that day and and, uh, there wasn't just a whole lot and and, and they handed that checkbook off to me and I opened it up and I oh closed it back up and I just put it aside and and I'm telling you what it was a scary thing 
to walk out into the desert. I had things good. Things were going fine. We were happy. We were with family. We were in a good church. God says, walk. Yes. And we just started walking. And it took a little while. We got here. Things started changing. I'll never forget the day that you guys walked. Where's you? At? Where's she at? Right here. Hey there. <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing good. <laughs> She's so thin you can barely see her. Never forget sitting in my office one Sunday morning, and the Hogan's walked through the door and said, "Could you use a?" Uh, a few more saints in your church, and man, I just got this big stupid grin on my face. I'll never forget the day that I was standing right here behind the pulpit. Sharon Lehan walked through the back door for the first time again. Never forget the day when different ones started walking through. I've named a couple names. I'm, I'm going to stop right there. But different ones just started showing up and, and the pews one by one began to get filled. Never forget the times when your children were baptized uh, in our baptistry and filled with the Holy Ghost down here. I, I haven't forgotten those times uh, and I've watched as the, God said, pick up the pace a little bit. Now it's time to run for a little bit. You've walked. You've got out to where I want you to be. Now it's time for things to start happening and the church began to grow and people were happy and we began to fix windows that were about ready to fall out and, and impale people that were sitting over here and we took bricks and we got the mortar and put the mortar back in between the bricks and we fixed some things up and we painted some things and we made some things look nice and different ones came in and did different things in the church and everything got back together and we just began to run with this thing and now if I look out here and I see in front of my eyes today I see I don't know I can find a single empty seat it looks like every single seat is full today don't tell me that God doesn't know what he's doing. God is moving in our midst. God's put us together. We've been running for a while now. Been running. In that course of running, we've kept our eyes open. We've kept our ears to the ground. We've done everything. We've tried to look for property outside of town. We've done everything, and every door's been shut. And then we, uh, we, then we bought this piece of property out here and tore the house down and made a nice, beautiful parking lot. And all of a sudden, everybody in town's like, wow, you guys are the church with the, new, the, the nice lights out around the parking lot. And they now know where we're at. And uh, it opened up the vision for the, for the entire community to see that this church was serious. We we're ready to stay. We're here we mean business. I believe our next step is putting the wheels under our feet. You know, the beautiful thing about the chariot ride is it was a whole lot easier to get where he was trying to go. All of a sudden, he had some horsepower underneath his feet. He's not having to work as hard, and he's getting where he's trying to go even quicker. I believe we're at that stage. I don't know how God's going to do it, but I believe that come next week, 
Amen. There's going to be some momentum where we're going to pick some things up and it's going to start moving us and propelling us even quicker into the future that God is calling us into. I don't believe that we're here just for us to stop. I don't believe that we're here just for us to grow stagnant. I don't believe that this is all there is, but I believe that God is getting ready to move us into the next phase. And what excites me so much about that is the last phase is when the Spirit itself begins to propel us into places and things that we never dreamed of. I believe that this church isn't going to be big enough. It's just the next step towards what God is going to do in this community for our city because souls are hungry and souls are looking for truth. They're looking for freedom in their spirit. Would our music come today? We're one step away from the Spirit moving us, propelling us, transporting us. And I'll just be honest, we must have Him moving us. Philip was faithful to God with one soul. And when he was faithful to God for the one soul, God used him to preach to the masses. Every soul matters. I don't deserve to preach in front of a large crowd until I can first care for the one individual that doesn't seem to matter to anybody else. I want us to be that kind of church where every single soul is important. Well, we don't look as anybody, at anybody as being expendable. Or that they don't fit in or they, they don't belong. Would you stand with me today? I want to take our turn in the history books of the apostolic age. But I ask my question. What will it say when we're done? What will history say about this church in this city when our time to do our work is over? Will it say they were good at maintaining the status quo? say something completely different I want this city to know how much this church loves them I want them to feel how much they matter I want them to know that there's a place where they can be cared for spiritually fed motivated to do right introduced to Jesus Christ get understanding and an explanation where they're confused. I want them to have a place that teaches truth and the fullness of the gospel message. What will the history books say about the men and women of Landmark? 
What will it say about Eric Graham? What will it say about Becca Cohen, Roy Leip? What will it say about Gary Smith? Ricky Brooks, Brother Reese. What will it say about the Warren family? Did we find it just a place where we could come and dwell and get our own needs met? Or did we, did we find this a place where we could become the church that loves the lost? presence of the Lord in this place right now. I don't say these things to put undue pressures on us. I, I say them to remind us of our purpose. God has blessed us beyond measure. He has given us His Spirit. He has given us that Spirit that dwells inside of us as men and women of God. I want to share what we have. I want the hurting to be fixed and repaired. I want the broken to be mended. I want to see families put back together again. I want the Spirit to move us forward. We've got to go through the progression. Some of you have been walking for a long time. Some of you have been running with God. I believe that today, God is moving us into the next realm of the progression that He has designed for this kingdom, for this church, for this people. ask for our board members if they would to make their way to the front Brother Jones, Brother Anglin what I'd like to do, what I feel like we're supposed to do today would you gentlemen just pass those out I want you to gather as board members these men are trusted they're advisors been a few times when they have disagreed with me. You know what? When they disagree with me, I listen. There's wisdom on this committee of men here today. Great wisdom. They play a great role in what we're getting ready to do. I don't have them on the board because they would just always agree with me. I have them on the board because they have a diverse way of thinking. Every one of these men is different. There are some things that bring them, unify them together. They all love this church with all their heart. <laughs> some of them are, are more aggressive. Some of them are more conservative in their ways. Of, and together we formulate the, the plan and we work it through. And if they question me, I back up and I question myself because I trust these men. I also trust these other two men. 
Brother Jones and Brother Anglin. Man, they've been very instrumental. I, I'm going to ask as many as would. I've got them holding these pictures. I, I just feel like today that those of you that would, if you would gather around today, and we're going to pray over this. This could take us several years to complete. And I want the Lord to be in all of it. I don't want it to become a distraction to us of our goal. I want it, I, I want it to be something that, that keeps us on track, keeps us looking forward, keep the momentum going. And I don't want this to ever be a problem. Amen. I don't believe that it has to be. Thank you for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. You can follow this podcast for more great episodes from the Landmark family. If you are ever in our area, our doors are open on Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Thank you once again for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. God bless.